Matthew chapter 13. And I want to use this as a diving board into a very, very meaningful discussion that we've been dealing with. And uh, um, we were talking about what prevents us from growing in Christ. There are some preventatives. There are certain things that will hinder our growth. And the reason we want to expedite our growth is the more Christ-like we become, the more we're able to rest. Do I have a witness? And, and so one of those preventives uh, of implementing God's principles into our lives and practicing God's presence on a daily basis and uh, being able to live out the power of Jesus Christ is that there are some things that are getting in the way uh, of our growth. And, it, and, it, and it's, 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 it happens with all of us. So this is not uh, a shot at any individual. We need, in this sower in the seed real quick, we talked about this being a premise in um, uh, Jesus' spoken parables and in verse 4 of chapter 13, and when he sowed, uh, and take the picture of a, uh, a farmer sowing seed. Let's just say grass seed. Let's keep it simple. When he sowed, some fell wayside, and we dealt with this, the fowls, birds in Scripture, typically denotes evil. So one of the things that we have to understand is that when the word of God is going forth, Satan is up to no good. Satan's job is to get that word out from your heart. God is the sower, yeah. The seed is the word. Are you with me? And the soil is the condition of a man's heart. So what Satan is banking on is that your heart is wrongly conditioned. And he's right. We got a lot of junk on the inside. It's wrongly conditioned. And so uh, this parable, this heavenly story, with this, with, you know, I mean, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, is that he's dealing with this matter of me receiving the word of God, being able to apply it to my life. That, that, that's when growth takes place. That's when something, amen, uh, grows. I, I, I know I try to put grass seed down on my front lawn, and I watch like 100 birds come and eat the seed up. So typically when they put grass seed down, they put this hay-like covering. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Now, this is major for me because I'm from Philly. We ain't got no grass. It, you, you know, and they put this hay-like covering down. And the fact of the matter is, is that uh, birds eat, wet, that's, that's your waysider, and stony places that the soil condition of our hearts, we have no depth. We have no depth, and the sun scorches it. Thorns, we have expectations and things we want out of life that choke the word. We, we can't even receive the word because it doesn't match what I want from God. 
it doesn't match what I want out of life. And then, and then, and, and so three-fourths of this seed is of none effect. 75%, three-fourths is of none effect. That is the whole purpose of this parable. That only the good seed, amen, the seed is in good soil, it grows and it manifests fruit. So, so, so let's stop pausing apart. So if I'm a fruitless Christian, there is a major problem with the word being applied to my life. There's no fruit. What, are, what, 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 are, what is the non-fruit fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5? First is love. That if God's word has impacted my heart, I, I'm, I'm able to love others. I'm able to love others, okay? And some are harder to love than others. We understand that. But I'm able to love. Joy. I'm able to have joy. Peace. I'm able to have peace. Long-suffering. I'm able to suffer long. Temperament. Kindness. Tenderness. Um, and, and, and then the ability to control our appetites. All right? And I ain't talking about diets. I'm talking about sexual appetites. The ability to control those ungodly appetites. So one of the things that we want to look at tonight is the fact that, and I, I did a lot of sharing with you, trying to be transparent, to let you know that Pastor, um, over his lifetime, had a lot of pain in his life. I had pain. So when the pain that's in my life, for, for whatever reason, uh, and I'm going to get to the different types of pains we, we, we carry, that... Uh, Instead of me practicing the presence of Jesus, instead of me um, living through his power, and instead of me um, mm, um, knowing that God is with me no matter what, what tends to happen is that under pressure is the key. When we're under pressure, we're more apt to go back to the old nature. Remember that? Under pressure, under pressure, under pressure, we go back to the old nature. We go back to what we're used to. We go back to what we think is right. We go back to it. And this is why we got discipleship classes here. This is why we got development classes here. We're trying to expedite your growth in Christ. So we got to ask a question tonight. What is it that is preventing me from growing? Amen. In Jesus Christ. It's one of the three seeds or one of the three faulty conditions of um, of the heart. I was telling singles, I was single 13 years after I got saved. 13 years I was single. Uh, and, and I understand what they go through. I mean, it's, you know, if, first of all, you got to stay busy. Second of all, you got to be in that word. And third of all, you can't buy the hype that if you're married, you're going to be happy. You can buy that if you want to. Uh, that's not true. And, and so you need a lot of fellowship, a lot of uh, 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 involvement in Christ to offset Satan's attacks. Because Satan is coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's, and, and what he does, he meets you where you are. He meets you where you are. And he's always accusing God. And he's always <clears throat> attacking God's character and integrity. 
of his word. That's what he did with Eve. Did God say? And, and God knows that in the day you do this, he, he was now in Eve's face uh, degrading God to her so that she would fall for the temptation. All right, so let's, let's, let's begin. Of, uh, and I, I believe there's three things that I want to cover tonight. Boy, the black folk got way over here, huh? Praise Jesus. What, y'all have praise dancers out here? <laughs> My God. All right. I'm going to put on this board. I'm trying to push it back. I'm going to put on this board the, the, the things that Satan will use to stop, hinder our growth. Conflict is first. Ah, Lord. Comparisons. Is second. Faulty counsel is third. I can tell you something right now. Tonight, either one of these or all three is operating in your life. Satan has got these things going on in your life so the word of God cannot become applicable. Now, let me, let me, let me say this. Uh, I want to deal with conflict. I got this book from John Maxwell's book on 15 invaluable laws of growth. And in this book, Mr. Maxwell identifies 15 laws, and I just want to deal with a few. I want to deal with 15. I'm only going to handle a few. And I want you to hear this. He deals with the law of pain. The law of pain. Now, now, now John Maxwell is a, is, is, is a renowned Christian writer. Uh, insider, counselor, so forth, so on. And the, the law of pain states, now listen to this, that good management of bad experiences leads to great growth. Good management of bad experiences leads to great growth. That God wants us to have the wherewithal that when the heat is turned up, and bad things are happening, that we can manage bad experiences godly. Godly. Hmm. He goes on to say, we need to detach ourselves from the experience as much as possible. He, he talks about a gap. We need to... We need to have a pause button that separates us from the experience or else we're going to lose it. So let's, let's talk about the hypothetical case of a bad experience, whatever it may be. And I shared some of my bad experiences over the years, stuff I don't do good with and da-da-da-da-da. And I said two weeks ago that... Uh, you know, I was on 15th and Locust. I made the wrong call. It was stupid. Put my family in danger. It was, it was a stupid move. I'm a pastor. And I put, I made a wrong decision. In public. Because I felt disrespected. I felt disrespected by two hoods. 
probably from North Philly and Charles. <laughs> but I felt disrespected. And the thing was, is that one thing led to another, you know. And for those of you that are here, you know, my youngest daughter that's in college and my wife, we walking on 15th and uh, Chestnut, bright day, summertime. And I'm walking behind them, looking in these windows. And the guy makes this gesture at my daughter and says something out of the way. Oh, whoa. Before I could contact the Holy Ghost. <laughs> are, y'all, are y'all getting this? So all my South Philly came back. It came back, Doc. Ho, ho, ho. I said, you got a problem? And he said, what, old man? Now, now that's the second mistake he made. <laughs> he called me an old man. I, yeah, yeah. We get Ray Bang out there, and my, and, my, my, and my poor wife sitting there going, she's trying, no, 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 them boys going to have guns. Yeah, I ain't thinking about that. So what? I ain't fooling with that. My point is, it was a stupid reaction that should not have been made had I been practicing the presence of Jesus, had I had a pause. Are y'all getting this? Had I trusted God for the power to walk away. It is a discipline that we got to implement in our lives. What if? Are y'all getting me? So I blew that. And I blew it big. I blew it big. So God was telling me that you got to put on all your armor, walk circumspectly, and expect anything. And know up front when something happens what you need to do. It's a practicing of his presence. Are y'all getting me? It's a practicing of his um, presence. And, and, and so we got to detach ourselves from the experience as much as possible. And uh, pain prompts us to face, listen to this, this is in his book. Pain prompts us to face who we are and where we are. Every time pain takes place in your life, it tells you who you are. And where you are. Where, where you are spiritually. Are y'all getting this? Hmm. We should not come to church on Sunday running around saying hallelujah, O Lamb of God, and then go home and cuss our maid out. That, that, some, something is radically wrong. Are y'all, are y'all getting this? Something is radically wrong, is it not? So, so, so if we're going to practice the presence of Jesus and promote his power and so forth and so on, then we got to have some vehicles in place to offset this pain. And, and I'm going to talk about pain because some people manage negative experiences well. And some of us don't. How many of you think you manage negative experiences well? Now don't lie before you raise your hand. When the heat is up, I can get one hand, can I? When the heat is up, you can manage, is that sister, what's, what's her name? Huh? You can raise fight up here in front of the pulpit. How you going to raise your hand? How you going to raise your hand? We let you, you can raise rumble up here in the pulpit. All right, all right, so, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I love you, baby. Uh. Why, why is it we don't handle under heat negative experience as well? Anybody? Come on, get in, get in this. Huh? Pardon? Pride. 
army? Flesh, yeah. We, yeah, we know that. Pride, we know that. Huh? Okay. But under he is the key. Under he, the real you comes out. That's why I don't play, I don't pay folk attention on Sunday. Oh, praise ye him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to be a fly on your wall at your home. When that sweet person is no longer intact. So we got to grow in grace. Are y'all with me? Grow in grace. And some of us got conflictual stuff. We got conflict. We got pain. We got historical pain. We got a whole bunch of stuff that's residing on the inside, ready to come out. The word manifest means it's there and it's ready to come out. It's ready to come out. It's ready to emerge. So with this conflict, conflict not only comes from the outside in, we got conflict on the inside that penetrates out. What are some internal conflicts that we have? Come on, talk to me. Pardon me? Insecurity, that's general. What, what, what else? I mean, insecurity is right, but that's general. What kind of conflict do we have? Lack of self-esteem, absolutely. Rejection, big. What else? Sexual frustration. You in the singles ministry? <laughs> All right, God bless you. Uh, uh, you better stay there. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> she said, yeah. I said, uh, God bless you. It ain't all it piped up to be, baby. All right. Uh, yes. Excuse me? Impatience. Okay. Unforgiveness. Bing, you hit the pot. Who said that? You did? Unforgiveness. Un, un, listen, unmet expectations. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. My Achilles heel is expectation. Once I set my mind, I'm expecting something, I don't get it, it's war. So counseling helps me to make some adjustments in my expectations to move them from unrealistic to realistic. Are y'all getting this? That's my Achilles here, expectations. So if I come out here on Sunday, I'm expecting the choir to be right. I'm expecting, you know, things to be flowing right. Everybody, you know, everything's in order. That's just an expectation. And when something disturbs that, it disturbs me. It's not personal. It's just that expectations has been my one area of major fault all my life. When I got married, I had certain expectations of marriage. So did you. Certain expectations with X, Y, and Z. So we all have these pockets of pain and conflict. They, this is the internal stuff. Now why am I cataloging the internal stuff? Because the internal stuff has nothing to do with your husband and wife. Is what you bought up the aisle. Oh, they're getting quiet, Lord. Wake them up. It's you. It's your DNA. 
It's your DNA. It's, it's the stuff that's been in you for years that we want to hush, hush, keep it covered, and not deal with it. But we, we do have this stuff. I, I was telling Sherman, Sherman does a great job in his life on marriage. Because I, said, I said, Sherman, remember that when we're telling them how to treat their mate, how to love, we got to keep in mind as the instructors that it could be some major walls and interference to them carrying out. So I read the book on five laws, five, five laws of communication. I can't even get to the first one. So the other four goes out the window. I can't even reach the first one. So what has to happen is we got to clear away this pain and deal with the soils of our heart. And that's a growth process that only the word of God and the spirit of God and the power of God can change. Are you getting this? Pain helps us to see who we are and where we are. And some people manage negative experiences well, while others struggle. Now, how many of you struggle with negative experiences? Be, be honest. Can you be honest? Pastor, I struggle with negative experiences. When the heat is turned up, I seldom act like Jesus. Hello. I, I mean, I love honesty. I love honesty. I love honest people. I love transparency and honest people. That, 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 that if I'm getting ready to marry a young lady, this is all hypothetical, and she says, well, look, let's have dinner. I, I need to say something to you. Um, uh, I know we're talking about marriage and engagement, but listen, I got like 10 areas I don't do good with. You need to know that before we go up the aisle. I castigate men because my dad mistreated my mother. So I'm always ready to fight. You're getting ready to marry a fighter. Just be honest so I know when to put my gloves on. I don't do good when you talk down to me. I don't, just be honest. Put it on the table. At least give the other person the opportunity to say, Oh, this, this duffel bag is heavy. Do I really want to go through with this? Or do we need multiple counseling sessions to help alleviate this stuff? Are y'all are with me? No couple has it all together. No couple has these relationships. See, and that's the lie of Satan in this culture. Satan wants you to think that what you have, you could do better. I could be happy if I married somebody like this. Well, look in the mirror how messed up you are before you messed up another one. It's real. Just be honest. Just be honest. Um, and the reason we can't be honest is because we want to give people the impression that we're more than we really are. That's what we want to do. We want to give out the impression. Uh, uh, just be honest. Uh, you know, I don't, do, I don't do good under certain circumstances. Pray for me. That's great stuff. Jesus in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5 says, Blessed are those who mourn. Mourn over their sin. Blessed. He, he's saying you're going to be happy if you can be honest. 
that, that's, that's one of the characteristics of this whole growth factor in Christ. So, so, so here we go again, that when we start talking about pain and you got, uh, 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 you got, you, you, you got people that are post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, you got, you got people that are depressed, uh, and, and, and look, it's this 800 number I'm trying to get here. I heard it on the radio. It's an 800 number where a group of counselors will come in to your place and do confidential secret uh, 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 sessions with people who are bipolar, struggling with depression, that I, and try to identify where the stuff is coming from. Because some of us are chemically imbalanced. And we're bipolar, and, and, and we got issues, we got conflict going on. And you've never been tested because you're too proud to get, too, too powerful to get tested. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Well, today, medicine has taken a major turn. We're starting to see, uh, you know, things in people. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get old now. Old I get, I'm starting to get cranky. Starting. And I noticed, you know, my dad died at 87. And my dad, when I was growing up, my dad was the sweetest man. He started fussing. As he's getting older, he was fussing. He said, wait till you get 87. I said, I ain't going to say it. So, 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 so my point is, don't, don't we change as we get older? Things I used to do, I can't do anymore, don't want to do it. Don't we, how, how many of y'all notice you're getting cranky as you get older? Baby, put your hand up. Don't do it like this. Oh, come on, babe. Come on, babe. You can do it. Raise it. Raise it. Raise it. There you go. Why do we get crankier as we get older? Let me ask my counselor. Why? You've seen too much. <laughs> why, why do you think we get crankier as we get older? Uh, intolerance. Okay, that's a good word. Why? Things are not like you remember. Uh, okay. Who else? Excuse me? I understand. Why does our patient get short as we get older? Because you're cranky. Why are you cranky? Huh? Can't do as much. Okay, all that sounds great, but I ain't flying. Anybody? Yes. Time is short. Oh, boy. That's not a death sentence. Go ahead. What? Huh? Okay. Uh, she was speaking tongues. Any interpreters back there? So, uh, how, how about this? How about this? How about this? Um, mm. How about this word? Maybe things as you get older threaten you in a way that they didn't threaten you when you was younger. How about that? Vulnerability, feeling threatened. How about that? Could be, could be, could be, could be, could be. Huh? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah, my personality is no nonsense. I ain't got time for it. No nonsense. I don't fool with nonsense. And um, could I attribute that to Jesus? Was he no nonsense? Well, sometimes he was. But I don't come off all the time really, really loving in the no-nonsense mode. So if I'm going to practice his presence, that's an area of pain and conflict that I got to allow the Holy Spirit to come in on. Are y'all getting this? Mm. Now, let me give you some other excerpts real quick. Post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, general anxiety disorder, GAD, uh, um, substance abuse disorders, uh, negative experiences, uh, and all of us have them. No one likes them. Few people make bad experiences into positive experiences. Few of us do that. The pain of conflict pain of disappointment, the pain of bad health, okay? Uh, all, all of these are pains that, that uh, we have to pass through, and one of the things that will help heal the pain is the fact that um, the Word of God, if it can reach the condition of a yielded and humble heart, can start to manifest positive change. Where you're not identifying a person as your problem. Are y'all getting this? You're not my problem. You're not my problem. You're not my problem. My problem is emanating from the inside. I need to deal with this. Um, what are some of the pockets of pain or conflict that some of you have had in your life over the years? Just be honest. This is therapeutic teaching here now. First of all, if you raise your hand, ain't nobody going to think different of you. No, not really. Yes. Well, you're so cute when you were in middle school. So what school are you in now? You're in high school. And, and, and what grade are you in? Tenth grade. That's a great time of life. Go ahead. All right, hold on a minute. You lost yourself. And what does that mean? Well, don't worry about grandma. I'm going to ask her a second. Go ahead. <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> I merged myself with um, the popular kids. I try to be like them. It was peer pressure all over, you know, classic stories of peer pressure in middle school and high school. Um, that was a time where I had developed a self-loathing. Like, I didn't like myself because I wanted to go back to what I was when I was a child. Right. Um, but I just hated the way it turned out, and that just made me be mean to other people and ignore them. You are very mature articulate and beautiful okay thank you stand up let them see her oh look at 10th grader look at her great 
I, great, great articulation. Thank you. And um, I'll use that excuse next time I have a problem. But, but no, no, you, what you're saying is absolutely right, especially at your age. In the 10th grade, 9th grade, we're trying to make impressions. We're trying to impress people. We're trying to be something we're not. That, that's just a normal uh, adolescent type thing we go through. But you are very honest and articulate, and I appreciate that, okay? Let's get the Lord a hand clap for her. Praise God. All right. Um, anybody else? Anybody? Conflict. Yes. Racial discrimination? Okay. And? Unfair opportunities? Okay. And, and, that, and that was your struggle? Okay. All right. That's real. That's real. I don't want to minimize that. That's real. Okay. And you will die black. So you 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 got a you got a you, you got a long way to go brother don't worry about it we we appreciate that too all right who else who else and and, and no no i'm not joking make the adjustment see if life gives you a lemon make lemonade make the adjustment we got people back there that's in corporate america i know in that setting there's a whole lot of politics being played whole lot of stuff. You got to just make the adjustment. You got to know, Greg, am I right? Am I right, Larry? You got to make the adjustment. Everything's not going to change for you. We got to change to other things so that we can live with it. Are you getting me? All right. Who else? Conflict. Conflict. What kind of conflicts in your life? What kind of conflict? Conflict. All right. Leroy. Yes, sir. You didn't know your father's what? Of 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 birth. Okay, I didn't hear. Okay, your father of birth. Okay. Okay. Wow. So how did that and 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 how did that make you feel? So 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 let me ask you. <laughs> You worked it out with women. How did that? How did that go? No, thanks for being honest, man. And that's why I love you. Thank you so much. Um, him not knowing his biological father sent him tail spinning into women, drugs, right? And and what? Achievement. Business. Okay. All right. For every action is a reaction. Right. Now, this is not Psych 101. We're just trying to tell you and trying to label some of the conflict that we typically go through. That's part of our DNA, not the other person, us. Us, part of the DNA. So let me, let me finish on this pain thing that uh, we can have pain over disappointment. How many of you have pain over disappointment? Yeah, you were disappointed. What, what were you disappointed about? Anybody want to share? Just make like we're in a circle. Uh, yeah. Your son-in-law died at the age of 30. Mm -hmm. My God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should have been me, okay, yeah. Thank you for sharing. 
What other disappointments do we have? And that's major. What other disappointments have we we want to share? Yes, sir. Sorry to hear that. Oh my God, you know. Uh, yeah, it gave me the pain. What is it? Now it's starting to get better. Pain, gone. Yeah, yeah. That's that's hard. That's real. That's real. Okay, who else want to share this one? Yes. All right. Okay, choices you made in life, and and we all made bad choices. We, we all have made bad choices. Trust me. You're not alone. We're not alone. Um, our decision-making will come back and visit us. Old folks say, you make your bed hard, you got to lay in it. And it's, and it's true. We, we make some decisions today that tomorrow will come back and, uh, you know, can haunt us. And that's why we need to pray about everything. Isn't that right? We need to make sure, don't get caught up in, I, I, you know, I always talk about relationally. Don't get caught up in the flare. Get the flame. The flare is quick and temporary and momentary. You know what I mean? The flare. The flare. Oh, he dressed nice. He looked good. That, that, that's the flare. The flame is what you got to deal with the next 50 years. All right? So, this, this matter of conflict, um, and, and I'm, I don't want to move on for the sake of time, what about the pain of bad health? The pain of bad health. Now, anybody want to talk about that, pain of bad health? I, you know, and, and, and listen, I understand now at my age what's going on, but man, uh, you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s, woo, putting everything in my body, running the streets, Blood pressure perfect, sugar levels perfect, cholesterol perfect, everything was perfect. I used to go in the doctor's office like this, hey, go on, go on, take it. I'm good. I'm good. And as you get older, well, you, well, your blood pressure's up a little bit. And sometimes that psychologically messes with you. Because it brings you back to the reality of vulnerability. Are you getting this? Anybody want to elaborate on this? The panic of, uh, or the conflict, pain of health? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bone cancer, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. 
right. Right, right. And we appreciate that. But that, 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 that is another conflictual type thing. And then he moves from the law of pain to the law of reflection. Now, let me deal with reflection. Thank you, Neil. The law of reflection turns experiences into insight. As we reflect, I can learn from my liabilities. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I can learn a lesson. Everything's a lesson. I can learn a lesson from my liabilities. I can learn a lesson from something that's taking place. In my, I can learn a lesson from decisions I made that were bad. I can learn a lesson. You're always open to learning a lesson in this law of reflection as we look back, as we reflect uh, what, what is my biggest liability in this matter of reflection. And, and the book goes on to say, unrealistic expectations. Biggest liability under this law of reflection. I'm looking for something that does not exist. I'm looking for the perfect man, the perfect marriage, the perfect woman, the perfect life. And, 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 and what we got to be careful of is that we don't load up a list that nobody can meet. You can't even meet it. I remember teaching the Bible study years ago, and, I, and we were doing this. We were dialoguing, and I asked a young lady, what is it you want in the husband? And I'm sorry I asked the question. Because after about the 15th thing, I said, the only one that's going to do that is Jesus. I mean, we got unrealistic expectations. No man or woman can bring fulfillment to your life. That's a lie of Satan. God didn't even give you a husband or wife to fulfill you. They can't fulfill you. There is a vacuum in man that only Jesus can meet. Oh, I'm preaching up. You got a hole in you. You got a, you got a hole in you. I got a hole in me. And the only one that can fill that void is Jesus. You say, well, where did you get that from? I'm glad you asked. At the well, go call your husband. I don't have a husband. You have five of them. And the one you with now is not your husband. Here's a woman with five husbands and working on a sixth one to meet something in her that Jesus said it ain't happening. You're trying to fill a void with the wrong substance. Sex ain't going to fulfill you the rest of your life. Money is not going to fulfill you the rest of your life. Lord have mercy. Only Jesus is going to fulfill you. And, the, and here's the key about Jesus. Whether you rich or poor, full or empty, up or down, he meets the need. Did I see your hand back there? Yeah, go ahead, Mary. You came up in North Philly. All right, that's your first problem. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, go, go ahead, go ahead, man. Go ahead, man. Go ahead, go ahead. Mm -hmm. 
That, that wasn't Joe, that was Joseph. Yeah, okay, that was Joseph. That's all right, good. Thank you, Sasha. Right. Okay, let me, let me, let me move on because I'm going to come back to that. I'll, I just quoted John chapter 4, and now I'm quoting John chapter 5. Do you want to be healed? Some of us keep making these excuses. I didn't have a father. I don't have a mother. I didn't do good. I made bad decisions. Guess what? None of that enters into the equation of where you're going. Can I get a witness? That all of us have had traumatic experiences. Everybody has experienced death in their family. Everybody has experienced sickness. Everybody has experienced, uh, uh, come on, the lows and, and, and money problems. Everybody had children who did their own thing, and we had to keep praying. But it's not where you are, uh, where you were yesterday, and it's not even where you are now. It's where you're going. So Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Yeah, all right. If you want to be healed, because you're your own worst enemy. And I ain't talking to my brother. You are your own worst enemy. You waiting on the moving the water, you waiting on angels to come when I am the word of God and I'm telling you, take up your cot and walk. It's a leap of faith. We stop, we got to stop leaning on our feelings. I don't feel loved. I don't feel good. I feel terrible. I feel like dying. Uh, kick them in the butt. I just can't find a job. Here's what you do. Take up your bed and by faith walk. And God has got your back. Lord, I can do all things through Christ. Lord, without you, I can do nothing. Lord, I'm going to get this thing done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm going to practice your presence. Lord, I'm going to practice your peace. I'm going to stop making these excuses. I'm going to stop holding myself back. I'm going to stop giving myself this psychological uh, uh, headgear. I'm going to move out in the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. Okay, thank you, man. Well, 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 you got to keep pressing, but you got to deal with the mess that's in us. Once and for all, you got to handle it. You got to handle it, man. You got to handle it. You got to handle it. April will be 29 years here for me. Hey, do you know how many nights I was down here at 3 o'clock in the morning? You know how many mornings I was here at 3 o'clock in the morning? I paid my dues. I worked hard. You don't put in, you don't get back. I wasn't playing golf. I wasn't sitting at home eating pancakes. I had to work. I had to have a work ethic. I had to overcome personal pain. I had to overcome personal conflict. Are y'all hearing me? 
You got to lay every weight aside. You cannot continue in a positive sense to go forward if you keep making excuses about why you can't do it. Check it out. Check it out. He deals with unrealistic expectations. What is my most worthwhile emotion? It's love. If you don't learn anything else, learn love. And what, what is my least worthwhile uh, emotion? It's self-pity. That's the least. This is all in the book. What is my best habit? Diligence. What is my worst habit? Impatience. So one of the things that and, and, I'm, and I'm getting ready to close. We deal with conflict, and, and, and we deal with this law of pain, law of reflection from his book. But I'm going back to my outline. The second area that we are hindered in is this curse word called comparison. You don't miss nothing you never had. If you had meat and steak, you enjoyed that, your system knows what it tastes like, right? In our relationships, Satan keeps comparing what you have now to what you experienced before. You don't shut that door quickly, you're going up the creek. Because the one you got today may not have had the same things you had before that your flesh loved. And, and, and the Bible says about Israel... And they missed the leeks and the onions and the melons. Well, that don't sound like us. And the hot sauce and the fish from Egypt. They missed them. Moses had them out in the wilderness eating manna. What is this? Pancakes. And they said, wait a minute. Now listen to this. When we were in bondage, before we were freed, before we were saved, we ate good. We miss the leeks and the onions. How many times you've been tempted with missing the leeks and the onions? Getting high, drinking, partying, gambling. God's people have got to overcome the desire to go out and do these things. That's growth. That old nature is still intact. So the comparison thing is a double sword. There are some good experiences that we compare stuff to. There are some bad experiences that we compare stuff to. It makes us bitter, bothered, old relations, old fun, old feelings. Amen. Uh, and, and, and so that, that sea of comparison is major. And the last sea, as we close, are councils. Satan comes and whispers in your ear. He gives you counsel. He gives you counsel. The counsel is selfish, self-motivated, self-gratified, self-secure. He gives you counsel. He gives you counsel. He keeps whispering in your ear what will make you glad and happy. And it has nothing to do with the word of God. But James says as we close that the wisdom that's from above Here's how I know when God is talking to me. It's first pure. Then it's peaceable. Then it's easy to be entreated. It's full of mercy. And listen to this, and full of good fruits. When God is motivating us, amen, there's a peace that passes all understanding. 
We're not, we're not engaged in agitation. Can I get a witness? So until the soils of our hearts can deal by the word of God with the pain that's on the inside from our history and, 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 and all the other stuff, that seed cannot germinate. We got to let God move the pain, move the conflict, move the unrealistic expectations, move the bitterness, move the unrealistic. And, and, and the way this happens is that we just keep saying, Jesus, Jesus, be my strength. Jesus, be my uh, power. Jesus, be my glory. Jesus, be my, ha let me have your presence. Jesus, I need your power. To make the right decisions, do the right thing, think the right way. And, and, and then as we practice that, practicing his presence, we grow and we'll find out that a lot of things that used to bother you won't bother you anymore. You got a whole new perspective now. Can I get a witness? Now unto him. I'm no longer looking at myself or my family. I'm looking at him. Now unto him who's able. Let's stand on our feet tonight. Praise Jesus. We love you. And that's what Paul meant when he said, walk in the spirit, uh, walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here tonight, you need to be saved. Just raise your hand. We want Jesus to save you. He died for your sins, buried, and rose again. Or you want to join the church, raise your hand. Is there one? We'd love to have you. Sunday morning, 6 a.m. sunrise service, followed by 10 a.m. service for Easter. Uh, Friday is Good Friday, seven last words at 10 o'clock a.m. Uh, the seven last words of Christ will be preached. Let's look to the Lord. Father, thank you for your lordship. Change us. Metamorphosize us. Take away our pain and conflict. Help us, oh God, not to compare where we are with other people, with evil, with the evil, oh God, or even our past. And then help us to listen to only wise counsel out of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor loves you.